Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ole Speaks Podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Dane, coming to you for episode 212. And you want to listen to this episode as well as future episodes, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you do listen on those two podcasting platforms, feel free to give us a nice five-star rating and a review. So obviously... We are coming to you with the midweek edition and with a big game this weekend. We will be talking about it as Juventus head to Naples to hopefully avoid what they did the last time they went to Naples, though, about 14 or so months ago. So let me bring in here the only person of the podcast crew who will be joining me today is Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Hey, yeah, it's just the just the two of us, but you know we're uh, we're going to give you the best we got, and hopefully Juventus will also do the same uh, on <laughs> Sunday. So yeah, so. Yes. I- Obviously, this is a very interesting matchup from the one point where, as we have discussed many a times over these last four weeks, Juventus are not playing well by any stretch of the imagination. But then you look at the team that Juventus will be lining up against. And if people were thinking that uh, Napoli's defense of the Serie A title would be smooth sailing, well, it's been anything but that, let me tell you. I remember I looked back on it before we hit record here, Chucks, and looked at my match preview for the website when these two teams played in Turin. And it was a couple of games into the Walter Mazzari return at Napoli. And little did I know that uh, the next time Juventus would be playing Napoli, Napoli would have another new manager who was a couple (laughs) weeks in. So obviously Napoli has brought in a former Maurizio Sarri and Luciano Spalletti assistant in uh, Francesco Calzona, not Calzone, because that would make me hungry. But, uh, you know, you look at Napoli, they're (laughs) taking a page out of Juventus' book. They have dropped points against the relegation battler in their last game. Juventus were the ones scoring the 90-something minute winner. Napoli were the ones allowing a game-tying goal in the 96th minute. So, Chucks, as you look at this game in the big picture sense, or I guess on a macro level, we'll start macro because obviously we've talked a lot about the standings in our last episode. From a Juventus-Napoli point of view, two teams, not good form at all, but you can't help but look at who Napoli have leading their team and be scared, can you? 
Yeah, and he's back in form. Uh, my uh, <laughs> Shiman, uh, Victor Oshiman, not in such great form for Nigeria. I mean, he was okay during AFCON, but a bit underwhelming, I thought. But yeah, I mean, he's back not in form. Not that you're biased or anything. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, this uh, just on the, their coach, their new coach, or I guess their fourth new coach. Sorry, their fourth coach in I guess less than a year. So that's quite an achievement. Yeah, <laughs> but fourth, fourth coach in about ten months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. Just Calzon Calzona, I guess, or Calzona, however uh, it's correctly pronounced. Uh, he kind of reminds me of um, you know the stories about like how remote workers would be, you know, working from home and then moonlighting in another job at the same time kind of reminds me of that because he's technically the slovakia coach and he's just like all right i'm just going to take a break real quick while i'm doing it, this job it, it's, fun, it's funny it's funny you that mentioned long. that because it, it when i first heard because i hadn't really heard much of him before he was hired by napoli for you know, obvious reasons not like we're dissecting napoli assistant coach of of years past here but it reminded me of, I don't know how big into FIFA you are, but like if you start a career mode as a manager and then two months into your club reign, you get like, you start getting emails, you know, the automated emails. Hey, you know, so-and-so national team wants to offer you a job. And it's like, well, I'm going to do both. <laughs> well, it kind of is the reverse of that, but continue with your. Yeah. 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 Moonlighting as they say in the business. That's right. <laughs> Moonlighting. But yeah, now he's just kind of been thrown into the job and, you know, first game against Barcelona and <laughs> got a respectable and surprising draw in that game after zero shots after, um, was it 60 minutes versus 60 minutes? He was so on the, was, uh, he was on the job for a day. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Quite the, uh, initiation, quite the uh, probationary period as they would uh, right. call it too. Right. No, I mean, I think this is one of those games that is just borderline impossible to to predict because there are two teams that are in just completely bizarre form, but crucially, two teams that on paper should be, you know, obviously way, way, way better than they are currently. And, you know, for all our shortcomings, Juventus still has very good individuals and very good individual players. So, you know, we should not be in just the extremely struggling form that we are in now and of course the same is the case for napoli so you know you have two teams that on paper are i mean top four teams i mean obviously a title winning team <laughs> with napoli but in practice are just completely subpar uh, for us really just the last month or so but for napoli the entire season so that makes it you know just really very difficult to um yeah, to analyze or even pre preview this game, uh, because yeah, what are you going to get? Are you going to get the teams on paper, or are you going to get the teams that are in their current form? Plus, also in games like these, in big games, form often kind of goes out the window, you know, because it's just it's it's that emotional aspect of you know we're playing against our bitter rivals, I guess. I mean, Napoli uh, dislike <laughs> strongly dislike fans anyway. This strongly dislike Juventus. I mean, I feel like most of Italy actually does. <laughs> but you're you're correct in that thinking, yes. Yeah, yeah. Most of Italy, except everybody who's who's a Juve fan. There's no in-between kind of, you know, sentiment about Juventus. But yeah, so yeah, you have that emotional aspect that will fire players up and fire up the fans. But then you have obviously again just the form and just the what we should be doing, but what both teams should be doing and what they are doing. So it's, you just absolutely don't know what you're going to get 
Are you going to get the teams that on paper, or are you going to get the teams that have just been struggling of late? I have just absolutely no idea. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy when you look at the table, because obviously Napoli just absolutely ran away with the the title last year. Napoli are not only sitting in ninth place ahead of known heavy hitters like Torino and Monza, yeah. but there is a 20-point difference between Juventus in second and Napoli in ninth. And if you were to tell me that would be the case before the season started, laugh in your face, right? Because it's like, they're defending champions. Obviously, you know, they, they sold somebody like Kim. They've brought in different players and, and all that. But yeah, I I mean, whatever Rudy Garcia did, Napoli has never been able to recover from that. And I mean, it's just, you know, you, you hear about this new manager and obviously he's worked with some of these players before. So there's a little bit of familiarity there. But outside of, Returning to the four through three, I don't know really anything to expect from this Napoli side when Juventus play them on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, me neither. And and you know, even just with the departures they had, I mean, for a title winning team, for an unexpected title winning team, they kept their team remarkably intact compared to you know other title winning teams, other surprising title winning teams that will you know often you know they kind of come somewhat come out of nowhere and win the title then you know you often see the players get picked off and be like oh wow we never knew you know these great players existed here's 100 mil all right we'll take them no they kept their team remarkably intact only losing kim which you know okay that's that's a big big thing obviously and then losing the coach well that in hindsight was clearly the big yes. departure but yeah besides that they're they're team was actually surprisingly intact you know i um one of my best friends is a milan fan and you know we talk about Serie a lot and he talked about just the two two additional factors being you know we talk about this a lot this regression to the mean stuff but their two top players victor oshiman and uh you know clara just also kind of regressing to the mean clara more than oshiman per se but it was just I think they just had an entire season where they all just spectacularly overperformed, primarily, you know, Oshiman and Kvara. And now they've just crashed back to the mean, which it just seems so intense just because the difference was so sharp because of how good they were last season and then how they've regressed now to their mean. But yeah, I mean, just those, those, that factor being, a, you know, their two star players. Unfortunately, them being the two that overperformed so much and now have kind of not necessarily become bad. I mean, Oshiman is still, you know, put in a decent number of goals. But yeah. yeah, just going back to a pretty good level, but not as spectacularly wolf class as they were last season. Yeah. And and I failed to mention at the top, but Napoli, much like Inter, have a game that you know will happen between now when we're recording this and and the weekend, so we don't know what Napoli's most recent result will be because this is coming out on the on the same day that they're playing. But you look at the first time these two teams played, and obviously, and we we talked a little bit in the last episode about the now potential two midfield absences that Juventus might have, which makes that potentially four top midfielders <laughs> missing out on on the trip to Naples, but. You look at the first meeting and 
you know, Andrea Cambiasso was on that right at the right wing back spot, but I feel like a lot of what kept Kavara neutral was the work that Weston McKinney was doing on top of it to not only aid Cambiasso, but also just simply marking Kavara in general. So I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering just how much, and even if this is max sticking with, with the three, five, two, how much the, the even more of a shortage in midfield that this could play into Napoli's hands because boy, if you're going in there with, with shorthanded and you relied on a workhorse like Weston to mark, you know, essentially man mark one of their best players out of the game and he's not there. Yeah. I'm a fan of Fabio Moretti, but I definitely don't, don't trust his defensive abilities to stick with Kvar or even if it's Andrea Cambiasso kicking it inside. So yeah, I, I feel like kind of those individual things from the first meeting of these two teams. And I'll, you know, as, as we know that that was a Corto Musso special, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's there. It just, it just feels like there's so many, question marks about this game, not only because of Juventus's form or Napoli's manager, but just suddenly kind of the, you know, coming out of the Frosinone game, you know, how much, how much is a win really going to help Juventus going into a, a bit, a big game like this? Will it, will it help at all? Or are we going to see the same issues? And then, and then just, you know, potentially missing Rabio and McKenney, how much is that going to play into not only Max's tactics, but just kind of how, the vibe of the midfield really feels as a whole. Yeah. McKenney is obviously the biggest miss just because of, you know, what a spectacularly good season he's had. Speaking of, you know, over performers and over slash under performers. So, you know, that'll be a huge miss. Uh, Rabio has been, you know, okay. this season, not terribly bad, but not, you know, incredibly good. Just, you know, okay-ish. A very Asian <laughs> Rabio, Rabio-y kind of kind of season. Yeah, not not quite the contract year, uh, no. Rabio, but hey, that's uh, not every year is contract year, I guess. <laughs> For him, the last two years it has been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true, actually, true. So yeah, McKenny will be the biggest miss, of course. I guess just in terms of the the marking issue and stuff. I mean, obviously we play three five two, and Napoli seemingly have returned to their four three three, so. I guess the problem that you didn't come up with is that you have three forwards against three center backs or three, yeah, three forwards against three defenders. So someone is going to have to drop back and help during the defensive phase. Now, I, it seems like during the last game against Napoli, that was more McKinney, but I mean, really it should be kind of the full, or sorry, the wing backs, uh, one, if not both of the wing backs, you know, dropping off and then you kind of shift a little bit one way or the other. McKenny should not be the one really to to be marking um, Clara. But the thing also is that we've also talked about it quite a few times. So it's, it's just this interesting little tactical, uh, I guess, occurrence with Gambiasso and McKenny kind of switching back and forth all the time. So I think that might have been the... the the thing that happened that we found McKenny more on the right wing back position than Gambiasso and then him being the one to, you know, drop back. So again, presumably he's going to miss the game. So then he won't be there to do that, which means that whoever plays, I guess it will be right wing back or even left wing back would be charged with or, or tasked with 
dropping back more. Let's hope whoever that is can do it. <laughs> but you know, that that's I think just kind of from a tactical standpoint, what you would kind of need from one of your midfielders to uh yeah, to to really negate the threat of you know Napoli's attacking threat. I know we talked about it a little bit a few days ago, but put on your Allegri hat for a second. And I know he doesn't technically wear a hat very often, but uh, if you do want to play the role of Max for a second here, who are your wingbacks? Are is it Andrea Cambiasso going to be one of them, or are you playing him more as a as a central midfielder simply because you don't really have many other options in central midfield? Yeah, I don't know. I, really don't. I think so. I'll first, kind of put on an ideal hat or an in an ideal world hat. So for me, it would be, I guess, just the, the midfield five would be um, Ealing Jr. on the left and Way on the right. And then, yeah, Cambiasso. Yeah, Cambiasso, Alcaraz, and Locatelli. I think, yeah, I mean, I think he will go with the central three of Cambiasso, Locatelli, Alcaraz. I think he'll probably play Gostich on the left. Too much to our chagrin. <laughs> and yeah, on the right, I mean, again, I don't know how much he trusts Weya. I think he'll go for Weya. I think that's really the key thing, how much he trusts Weya. If he trusts him enough, he'll play him on the right. But then if he doesn't and benches him, then he'll have to play Gambiasso on the right yeah. and Kostic on the left, which again, I, you know, he'll probably stick to Kostic. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll just see Miretti, Alcaraz, and Locatelli. Yeah, I mean numbers are numbers are thin, so it's not like there's a lot of. I mean, there are decisions to make, but it's it's really only at a few spots. It's like okay, well, it's one or the other. It's not. It's not say you know, hey, McKenny can play out as a wing back, or he can be as a as a center mid, or you could play Cambiasso inside and and Kostich outside. No, it just. It, I mean, the thing is, way at least has the pace yeah. to, to to keep up with Clara. Yeah, and I guess I guess in this case, it it's at least. As much as Cambiasso is probably needed out wide, at least his versatility can be useful as a midfielder when you are down four midfielders. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe as as we sit here and record, we have no idea what condition Weston's shoulder in, is in. Maybe he gets a, a good report at J Medical and it's it's not as bad as we fear. But for a dude who has a pretty high pain tolerance and we've seen him play through some some pretty brutal knocks, especially early in games, and then run like a madman like he usually does for the next 85, 90 minutes. For him to come off and essentially be forced off for that kind of injury, that that says something that hopefully is not a, you know, I guess not hopefully, but it, it doesn't seem like a very good omen for uh, for his availability come come the trip to Naples. But I don't know. It's It's... As we know, Juve's had a few games like this, and I think it was, what, the, the first game against Inter where it's like you've essentially got to play who you got available because there's nobody there's nobody else. You know, sometimes sometimes you're down to so few guys that the lineup writes itself in some spots. So we'll see. Any Anything else about this, uh, this North versus South rivalry that you want to discuss before we, we head out, Chucks? Yeah, I'd say let's keep our eyes on Alcas. I think, you know, yeah. of all the uncertainty, I think he's the one that's pretty certain to start. I'll be very, very disappointed, very frustrated, frankly, if he didn't. 
I think can he's. You, can you, you know, imagine how much grumbling there's going to be when the starting line, if the starting line comes out and with everybody who is expected out or pretty much already deemed out because they're suspended, if Alcaraz is not there? <laughs> yeah, that'll just be a very creative setup. Otherwise, I mean, I've. <laughs> it would be very bizarre. Well, hey, we were sitting here uh, a couple of weeks ago wondering, hey, is is Charlie going to get enough playing time to really get a an evaluation on him? Well, yeah. you can't predict injuries, and suddenly injuries are here. So I said it after the Frozenona game in my article. It's like, well, you don't want opportunities to come about like this, but if they do come out like come about like this, at least we get to see what Carlos Alcaraz is all about because. You know, we were, we were like many, of many folks we were wondering what he was all about when he first signed with Juventus. So, you know, after a, a brief cameo against Inter, suddenly a couple of weeks later, he's, he's probably going to be thrust into the starting lineup. So here goes nothing, Charlie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think just based on his, uh, his, his performance against Pozinone, he, he just seemed like a very forward playing, yeah. uh, yeah, forward playing player um you know his passing i was trying to kind of find a chart of his passing but i couldn't i couldn't quite figure it out on who scored but just from feeling it during a game he just the majority of his passes seem to always be forward looking which is you know just looking for positive passes higher risk passes but positive forward passes which um again they're higher risk but they're higher reward and more likely to open up an attacking opportunity. So I like that. I like that positivity and just that, yeah, just looking to play it forward, looking to create something. And yeah, I think that's something to look forward to. And he could be, be a player to, yeah, create some attacking opportunities for us. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And if he I, plays. Yeah, I think I think the two big things from Alcaraz that will need to improve, and these are not breaking, you know, breaking down the numbers or anything like that. Uh, he gave the ball away way too much, and his shooting was nowhere near as good as somebody like Dusan Vlaovic. So hopefully those two things are better in Naples than they were in Turin uh, last weekend. But yeah, hey, we'll we'll see. Because like we said, yeah. suddenly he's going to be <laughs> much more important than we maybe thought a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, he gave the ball away a, a game high four times, which McKenney was the only one who also gave it away four times. And then Kiesa and Vlavich, et cetera. Uh, two of which were in the opposition half, kind of in the final third. And then two were kind of by the center circle or by the halfway line. So again, I think, you know, that's a function of just having playing higher risk passes. Those two that he lost, you know, in the kind of in the final third-ish, playing higher risk passes. And the other two, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I think I think Sofa scored had him losing possession like 14 or 15 times. So Okay. Some very uh, obvious room for improvement there. So uh, on that note, uh, hopefully Charlie plays well. Hopefully Juventus plays better <laughs> than they have been, or even in, than they did against uh, Frosinone. And uh, you know they finally got a win in February. So there's that. But uh, on that note, thank you all for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, feel free to do so at Juventus Nation on there. Fans for Sports Network, Fans for Sports SN on Twitter fansforsports.com for all the other podcasts around the network. If you do want to subscribe, feel free to do so on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, 
feel free to give us a nice five-star rating and a review. So for Chucks, for Sam, for Sergio, and producer Couch, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys hopefully in a good mood in a few days. 